Okay, so everybody, welcome to Elephant in the Room, part of Disrupt the Media, and we appreciate all of you guys for being part of Roll Tide Pods. Roll Tide Pods on YouTube, and when you go to Roll Tide Pods, we're not the only ones that have a show on there, so make sure that you check out the other content as well. But uh, when you swing by and see us, like and subscribe, comment, share. We need the shares. Um, you know, if we're going to keep this thing going, we we got you, we need you guys to help us do it, and that's by sharing with everyone else. But uh, great to see you, Jake. I'm Mick Gillespie, reminding you guys, by the way, that the show is brought to you by MyBookie, mybookie.ag. Uh, use the promo code next round to get 50% price match up to $1,000 on your initial bet. And uh, I'm, I'm hot right now, Jake. I got to tell you, I don't want to brag too much, but I got into the uh, the pick'em. Mike Johnson invited me in and I told him it was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> you had to pick, you had to pick all the games and then pick up, give your confidence. Right. And uh, I was like 99 point something percent <laughs> accurate. I owe 33 and 10. Pay up. <laughs> it's like I told you yesterday, dry January and all of a sudden you're rain, man. I know. I know. I feel like that. And that, like, that's the real elephant in the room. <laughs> so we're, we're nine days in on dry January and I'm, I'm like really only a weekend, but, uh, but I'm, I, mm. it's, you know, I mean, uh, I guess it says something about me, but I miss a cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> you're drinking for both so, of so, us. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're drinking for two right now. Um, I don't know. You they do told feel me. a lot better when you go dry for a That's month. They said I don't feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I feel thirsty. <laughs> I do. It really hasn't affected anything. But you know what? Maybe another week from now, I'll be like, "Woo!" You know? <laughs> I've done it. I, I feel like I have a lot more energy when I do it. Really? But yeah, I say that a whole month. I don't know if I've gone fully dry for a month, but just a, a weekend or two during a month. The, uh, I'll tell you the, the, the one time I did my first dry January, and I think I've, I, you know, I've talked about this before. I was on the pre and post game show on, um, the, the radio station in Tuscaloosa that, that, uh, is the, um, Bama station there Mm -hmm. and um 2016 and we did the shows from um we did the pregame show we came down here it's before I even lived here we came down here we did the pregame show from Brick and Spoon in Orange Beach and you know they hit us up with I mean if you've ever been there before like they're known for these like giant ass um Bloody Marys. Yeah. Which I love. I've had a couple there. I yeah. love a good Bloody Mary. I got Mary. bought their mix before. Did you? Yeah. Like the, but those things are huge, man. Like they're like the glass is like this, and you can put like a burger or a whole egg or like shrimp and stuff oh, yeah. in there. Fried oysters. What is, well, there's nothing better than Crab. A, a big bloody, but like a great full Bloody Mary on like the Saturday morning after a rehearsal dinner when you got all your boys in town. Yeah. And you wake up and you know you got the wedding and all that mm. stuff, and everybody's hanging out all day, and you get a Bloody Mary right there with breakfast. So amazing. Tough to, tough to beat that kickoff. I know. I, know. I, I like them just like you go there, and I mean, I could just go there for that. And those guys, oh, yeah. those guys have kind of like. It's be- like a meal. Yeah, right. They've become kind of like, hey, we're going to one of those places that we're going to make you a killer. Oh, yeah. Bloody Mary, right? Another broken egg. That's yeah, another, yeah, good another one. one. Yeah. I mean, you, you. Floribama. Yeah. The, especially the, uh, 
the restaurant on the water. Have yeah. you been there yet? Oh yeah. Come What's on. it called? Uh, the Yacht Club. No, 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 no. Old no. River yeah. Grill. No. It, well, it's not the Floribama. It's they own it, but it's it's the one right there. Oh, Coastal. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. I had theirs. I had theirs too. It's pretty good. What does that say about me? No wonder it's dry. <laughs> it's like name places. Oh, I've had that. Yes, not, there's not. There's not. I'm normally I'm surprised when somebody's like, hey, "Have you tried this?" And I'm like, "No, I haven't." You know? um, Col- Usually, you're the one asking that question. Yeah. Right. Always. <laughs> Cobalt's the place I want to. I want to boat into the Cobalt. Yeah. Next year. Um. Anyway uh so so it starts there and then and we do the show and it was before digital it was before this right and now i mean i do the same thing i just own it on yeah. my own platform right mm. and and i and honestly man like I, there's not a lot of people that i'd want to like work for to say you know yeah. but these guys i do yeah. Like I love LT and and Dunaway and they they, oh, were, yeah. they they took some shots at us this week. Yeah, they finally saw the show. We've been ditching it out for a while. Yeah, I can't believe you guys took it. Took you guys that long to. to <laughs> where, where have you been? What are you, what are you saying about? <laughs> what are you saying about me? So uh, what was the Derek Henry they comment? Wanted, he wanted your your Daniel Moore should be basically it was like you with your ass in the air hanging pointing the football <laughs> off to Derek Henry. Like, I mean, this is what I got from it, man. <laughs> if I was done away, I would probably be feel like that anyway after you made the comment that his golf game was like his picks. <laughs> That's a good comeback, though. But uh, we're going to talk, Derek. We're going to talk about Derek Henry, who who's uh, made headlines this week because he's not going back to the Titans. So we, we'll get there. Is he definitely not going back? Yeah, he's done. Yeah. He's done there. Not done in the NFL because what I'm hoping is that he goes to the Ravens next year. Yeah, I knew you were going to say well, that. Well, that would, man, I'd have to get the jersey. <laughs> hey, we need him and Mark uh, Mark Ingram to come out of retirement. Be on the same team. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. Ooh, that would be cool the Heisman's. <laughs> yeah. So, so we go, so we do that. We do the bloody Mary's in the morning. And then um, it was, I was doing the show with, with, with Mike Johnson and our other friend, Ben George, who worked at the station at the time. And we were just like, basically we just did the shows. Like I didn't work at the station. I just did the shows there. And then eventually I worked for them, but almost like a subcontractor really. And it wasn't full time, but so then they, you know, I brought my family, so we we had our own place. But after the Bloody Marys, like I'm like, last thing I want to do is go home. I mean, I got <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I need to go to the Florabama and watch the football game. So so this show would come on like it would be before the Crimson Tide radio yeah. pregame show would come on, and and so it was early. And I, and I went over there, and I was just going to hang out. And Ohio State was playing, you know, because they play at noon, and their fans were in there. And for whatever reason, they liked me and they started buying me shots, you know. So I was like, well, I mean, what am I going to be rude to people from up north that are down here visiting? <laughs> at Florida? Yeah. So that happened. It was Alabama was playing Ole Miss. And then, um, dude, we, you know, and then it was so hot. I remember it was this so was 2016. Hot. Yeah. So okay. hot that day down here. Right. And so we were we were going to do the postgame show in the tent, you yeah. know, where the, the tent stage. Is, uh-huh. you know? And so. Um, so anyway, we do we, we do that. Uh, we, we, I'm there. Those guys go back and take a nap. You know, I'm in there, and then, you know, I'm uh, drinking beer. I'm fine. Okay, game. Come back. We come back and win. Everything's cool, right? Then I gotta wait 
for the you know again the Alabama radio pregame post game to end right and that yeah. that show is I mean like dude it's like a lot of commercial breaks oh yeah you know people are calling in like it uh-huh. took forever right so then finally our show comes on and um i'll never forget i had john mckinnis on who is a fraternity brother of mine at alabama and he's one of the owners yeah he's one of the owners yeah yeah so i've known mac for a long time yeah the mac attack and so i have him on and you know he's he comes on as my first guest and then and and jen you know jen the mark she's in charge of marketing she was bringing me out these bushwhackers well they're not even full-size bushwhackers okay they're little guys yeah and, and but they're not that small they're like the ones when you get the drink cards and you you get a bushwhacker if you don't like put the extra dollars in like that's the size you get you know so they're like little little guys not the big ones but there were a lot of them and i didn't know anything about bushwhackers i don't really drink a lot of those kind of like you know cho- like a- a- after the big lebowski wasn't popular anymore i mean i had some white <laughs> russians but i didn't do a whole lot of those and so anyway, I'm, I'm, I get done the interview. We're talking. It's great. He's telling stories about Kenny Chesney at the floor Bama and, you yeah. know, just different people hanging out there and you know, Jimmy Buffett's story. He's got all these good stories. Uh, I, I don't know what happened after that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, shot, shots during the day, that'll get you. Oh man. Like I, I, I was like, um, they, 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 um, Mike, Mike Johnson and, uh, <laughs> and his cousin got on there and they, no one, I don't think it was like that noticeable if you didn't know me, but apparently I was like, you know, the time of time. <laughs> so I was so ashamed of myself, right? And for two weeks, I every time the phone rang with a spam call, I thought, this is this is like the HR is gonna fire me. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I felt so guilty that I took like a month and a half off. I, I, I put, put myself in dry, you know, whatever, middle of summer. <laughs> So that was the longest Alcohol one, like jail. Yeah, yeah, for a little while, and and eventually I got back on the way. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny part about it, let's just kind of like wrapping the whole thing up, is that now, like with digital and everything else, and like us owning our own content, you know, just like when these guys started their platform, you know, you do your own thing. It's like it's actually pretty damn entertaining. Well, now it's yeah, it's so funny. Well, now you see what's like. Pat McAfee on ESPN. I mean, <laughs> nothing's off limits. No, man. Like I love that, you know. So it's it's it was uh you know, p- people. Sounds said, like he's staying now too. He's got it, his problems. Obviously, I don't yeah. know if you've seen all that. Yeah, but. yeah. We let's talk about it. I mean, uh, he had Aaron Rodgers on. Aaron Rodgers made a joke about Jimmy Kimmel, who has constantly like Jimmy Kimmel's like a really big left wing progressive type guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he and he's a comedian, and I mean, like, not to say I ever watch a show. I used to watch the Man Show with him and Adam Carolla yeah. back in the day, right? Uh, and Carolla is kind of like on the other end of the political spectrum. And then um, Aaron Rodgers, who's kind of like uh, definitely, you know, right wing. I wouldn't say he's like I Republican. Don't think so. I think I don't he's think more so. like uh, what would you call libertarian? Yeah, I would imagine he probably voted against trump the first or you know eight years ago okay yeah yeah he would have he would have had the way he used to speak and carry himself i mean that's a lot of judgment i guess but uh you know kind of your gut feeling that's my gut feeling yes but the whole covid thing i think he's like man i don't want to be involved in this group right when he yeah he saw his, his kind of his rights 
you know, kind of taken or whatever. But anyway, he made this joke about <laughs> about Kimmel being Epstein Island, and then all of a sudden, like, it's like <laughs> there's a war going on. And I and I saw like where um where you know I guess McAfee felt like ESPN executives were trying to like sabotage him. He's got one of the most popular shows out there. Oh yeah. And and what you want is well, how many shows are that that transparent with athletes and make right, you feel that comfortable to open up and speak in a way that you're not going to hear from a Max Kellerman or a, I mean Stephen A. Smith. I would imagine people yeah. speak pretty openly with him off camera and maybe a little bit subdued, yeah, on air. But I mean, there's there's not many guys out there that get that kind of honesty out of interviews. Well, know? well, that's what you want though. Is, oh yeah, is you what what you're what you're hoping for. Is like when I was at Alabama and I did like my upper level classes, uh, political psychology and sociology. You had a guy named Dr. Alzacoffee, and you would get in there in these classes, and you know you you would become friends with people that didn't have the same views as you, but because you would get in there and tangle in a you know in a debate style, oh yeah, two hour class or hour and forty five minutes, um, you learned to kind of understand where someone else is coming from. But we don't do that anymore. You know, now it's like, hey, if you disagree with me, then, you know, go F yourself. And it's kind of like it's a shame that it's like that now. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how I feel anyway. Like, No, I agree. Heck, it's like, I mean, you know, one of the best things that ever happened to me was playing college football. I mean, you know, when you're in high school, I think around the country, you're kind of in the same group, people that are – yeah that have had same the same childhood as you, same upbringing for the most part. Yeah. You know, there's a few different ones, but you're pretty much from the same demographic. I mean, when I got to college, I was around all kinds of different guys from all kinds of different places and outlooks on life. And, uh, I mean, you learn how to how to hear people out and understand yeah. differences in opinion and, and still love each other and, and have a great time with, with whatever may come up. You yeah, know? I totally agree. So, I mean, it's, it's, again, I, you know, I think, I saw Aaron Rodgers, you know, the whole COVID thing got so corporatized that it just got unmanageable. And I'm sure he, I, I can't imagine going through what he went through. Yeah. Right. Cause I understand his outlook. I understand. I mean, I understand people that got vaccinated, didn't get vaccinated. I mean, it is what it is, but to be a villain and all that, when you're trying to do your best is pretty tough to comprehend, you know? Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I I'll be honest. It's not like I'm I'm like a regular Pat McAfee watcher or anything like that. Um, but I, I do like him when I see him. You know, like I've liked him since the minute I saw him for the first time. You know, didn't he? Like, he just th- seems like a genuine guy. Yeah, he just seems know? normal. Like I like kind of. This is what what you see is what you get. You know. Oh yeah. And and I've I've described it before. My he doesn't look like he's messaging. Somebody else is telling him something. He's now. just broadcasting that to the world. Yeah, you know, it's his his thoughts, his beliefs, and you got the balls to call out <laughs> upper management on your show live on air. Uh, he obviously is not going to be controlled. Yeah, well, I love that, and that that's. I think I've said this before. Um, you think that you go when as you go up in this business that the people that are in charge are smarter and more equipped for the job than someone maybe at the lower levels, 
you know, like say the guy at the local radio station, there's no way that that guy, that same guy is smarter than the guy at the, the you know, that's ahead of all the corporate stations. But as I've gotten older and, and been around all of these people, it's, it doesn't work like that. Some of the people at the local level are geniuses. That's just where they're at, you know, oh, yeah. and some of the people which blew my mind that are in charge of networks and, um, broadcast rights for major teams and stuff like that or morons, you know, and it's like, and, and, but, but they're in that spot, you know, maybe their career path took them there or the, you know, nepotism, you know, and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, politics, but you know, at the end of the day, Pat McAfee right now is where I think the future of the business is to me, you know, I mean, uh, like, yes. You know, that, and, and I think part of it is because if you don't want to work for Cumulus, then you can leave and start your own thing. And then you can go find a couple of guys down in South Alabama and throw them on. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to pay us? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you know, you, but what, what I'm saying is you have the power of the platform now. So they oh, yeah. either got to play his game or he can walk and everybody's going to uh, watch him make, wherever he goes. He's, he's going to make money no matter what. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he helps ESPN more than ESPN helps him, I in agree. my opinion. Me too. You know? Me too. Because at the end of the day, I mean, he's he's making as much money, more money than he ever imagined he would, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, as a punter. Well, I, he's made, I can't imagine how many times more he's making in broadcasting than he was as a punter in the NFL. Yeah, I know. Well, he's now he's like one of the biggest names in – yeah. And the business and, and he's got enough stroke where he can like take up for himself because a lot of guys might have realized that the SPN management was was basically trying to sabotage and, and couldn't say anything. Oh, yeah. You know, you may have figured it out and, and, and you know, you can't you you'd know, be like, uh, you know, it's like Marstool Van talk. Yeah. Uh, canceled after one night. One night, or maybe what? they don't even know if they got one one episode off. Well, no, I don't even know this. You didn't know about that? No. Uh, you got to look that up. They had a show. It was Barstool Van Talk. They were all excited about it on ESPN. And, uh, oh, it was an ESPN show? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was all set up, ready to go. And then uh, Portnoy talks about how he got a call like right before the episode started, and they said it was canceled by the ESPN CEOs, and he didn't realize you know, what, who he was getting into bed with and Barstool. Really? And then about six months later, that CEO got fired for a cocaine addiction because he was <laughs> he was getting bribed by his coke dealer. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Is that true? Uh, look it up. Yeah. Look it up. I mean, well, that's the story that I heard. Yeah, allegedly. But, yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. Like, that's, that's crazy, man. That's that's what I heard from a podcast with him and Joe Rogan. So Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I like Portnoy. Uh, obviously, we talk about the championship game last night. And I've got so many thoughts. You know, first off, I feel like I feel like Alabama lost focus, you know, going into that game against Michigan because they should have been out there. They they sh- they had the oh, this was yeah. this was gift wrapped. What, what man. was the what was the biggest thing that you noticed about about that game last night? The the one main takeaway that you had about that game last night the i mean the the thing going into it that i knew was they were never going to be able to stop either alabama or michigan from running the football and controlling the clock and being more physical you know i mean to me and i thought washington tried but 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 you're probably thinking maybe like speed 
I'm thinking, did you see Penix walk off the field last night? Oh, he got yeah, but he yeah, he was in a lot of pain. I mean, can you imagine them playing an SEC schedule, a team like Washington? And look, yeah, yeah. that that to me right there, I had never seen Penix play again play that poorly the whole entire year. You'd never seen that team not capitalize on offense. Yeah. Like they did last night the entire year. Uh it goes to show you, I mean, you have to play games like that every week in the SEC and not maybe not quite to that level. Yeah. But you're gonna have three, four games a year that are that tough, that physical, oh, just yeah. beat the hell out of you. And you see what physicality does to performance in that game. I mean, it, it was on full display. You get beat up like that, and you do not play as well as you would if you have all day to throw. Yeah, or right. If, or if you're just not getting not getting just hit. drilled every play. Did you ever? Uh, they had the the camera of him walking off. Did that, you ever feel like that walking off the field? Like the guy's holding his ribs and his his hands like stuck inside of his like. Felt like that after the Ole Miss game. Felt like that after the Arkansas game. After the SEC championship. And uh, not so much Auburn. What about um, the championship? LSU. I separated my shoulder against LSU. Uh, National championship. I felt like, I don't know, I was pretty sore, but I was so so busy. Looking forward to that celebration afterwards that I wasn't really worried about the pain. <laughs> <laughs> you, it wasn't dry in January. For you. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, no, I, I, I tell you, man, I just the the entire game. I don't know. I guess part of this is it's not that I'm taking anything away from Michigan because they they beat Alabama. Uh, you know, well, maybe, it just feels like it was a missed opportunity. Yes, that's what it feels like. That's it, all it feels like. Yeah, and it's like Michigan's I, a good team. I mean, they they beat very us. Good team. They they took advantage of of our mistakes. And at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I, I've always said I've I've you hear arguments about ah oh, we should have done this, should have done that, and at the end of the day, you didn't, and that's what makes you incapable of winning a national championship. Well, well the reason you know? why Alabama didn't win a national championship <clears throat> this year right, is that Oregon, Washington, Georgia, and Michigan combined allowed 48 sacks. Alabama combined, I mean, just Alabama alone, 49. 48 for them, Good Lord. 49 for Alabama. On top of that, we couldn't snap the ball. You know, yeah. 25 bad snaps on top of that. Well, so that's, mean, think about what's the, the stat on false starts. I don't even have offensive penalties. But, I mean, you're right. I mean, like all these these things that – you know, and, and I wonder, like, would they have been better had Roy Dell Williams been healthy? Maybe yeah. he could have picked up some of the, the the blitzing. You know, maybe he could have helped out in that area. Would they have been better uh, if instead of being in the press conference talking about Bill O'Brien wanting you to switch positions, we were talking about football? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I just look at this, and uh, I, I'll tell you the thing that bothers me the most is, like, I see the AP poll come out, and we're fifth. And Texas is third and Georgia's fourth. And it's like, give me this disrespect for Alabama that bothers was, me so was, much, dude. Like, give me, get out of here with that. That happened after the, the first round of the playoff? No, like that was what the AP poll was today. Like the today? final one. We're fifth. 
And I'm going, okay, we beat Georgia and, and we're better than Texas, even though we lost to them. But how, how are we fifth and Georgia's That's fourth? what I mean. Again, just, they, they couldn't that, wait to get us that fifth. Right there, the, all the shared national championships, if you ever shared a national championship with the actual BCS winner, yeah. That right there disqualifies any meaning to any yeah, of that. Yeah, the AP is such a joke. I mean, what in what world is Alabama fifth? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Like, like, did they watch the damn game? Like, we lost to those guys in overtime and had to leave. It's with the three same minutes thing left. with these articles that you see yeah. from from all these journalists. There are some good ones. I'm not, you know, but there are so many out there where you just you you shake your head and you're just like. Or even taking questions from some of these guys, and again, there are some really good ones. I, I, yeah, I, I love a lot of those guys. Aaron Suttles being one of those guys that I really like. Yeah, but there's there's some guys where you you just like people actually take you take this seriously because of the entity in which you write for. Right, and this is a complete and total disservice to guys that are playing and coaching. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I mean, like I I see that, and I'm like. I don't know. I guess to you know, seeing that today is I was just so kind of like a lot shaking of it's my sensationalism. Head. You know, it's all for looks and likes and and eyeballs. But mm-hmm. and I, I guess I get it. But at some point, the credibility. Yeah. I, I don't know how it's still there. I don't know. I mean, they're just tired. Like the every, the the national media was so excited that Alabama wasn't in the you know, in the championship. Well, the championship game, the real championship was played in the Rose Bowl anyway. Yeah. Which which, which is why I won the contest because I knew that there was no way that Washington, Washington or Texas wasn't going to beat Alabama if they played them. Uh, Texas, Texas beat them the first time. Alabama was a different team, obviously, but they're not beating Alabama twice. And then Washington was the fir- perfect matchup. With for Texas, you know what I'm talking about. They had that secondary that couldn't ca- that really couldn't stop the pass. Yeah, and and you know, and it was kind of like a back and forth game. And I wonder if um, you know Quinn Ewers was you know was banged up in that game because it just seemed like he hit his head on the turf and qu- wasn't quite the same after that. But I don't know. I mean, I I, I just hope that that Alabama gets another opportunity before Saban retires one day, because this one was just, it was right there for the taking. And then everyone at these national media people dismissing the fact that it was really an even matchup with Michigan. No, oh, yeah. You, know, well, you would I mean, think they, you would think they beat Alabama by 40. Well, it's kind of shocking to me. It's like you see on the SEC network, uh, one of the leading headlines is did Alabama lose this game or did Michigan win it? Yeah, right. Which is a, a valid headline. Yeah, Alabama, yeah. I mean, the mistakes they made in crunch time were almost insurmountable, yeah, and they right. still get to the get to overtime. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You, you watch that game last night, and you just have a hard time believing that, that Alabama – I mean, Alabama would have beat Washington, but you just think about the mistakes. If there's not a – if there's no fumbled snaps, if there's no false starts. Right. Uh, if you but block again, a little was, bit better. But, you know, again, that, that was our team throughout the season, I and I love them to death. But they were but fun. It's mistakes that you can't overcome, and, and that was us all year. And, yep. that, you know, that's part of the argument that, hey, we're – that's who we are, and, and, and we make mistakes in crunch time, and that's part of our identity a little bit. Yeah, they've got to clean that up, you know, and – Hope that it work kind of works to out the make same. It to the to make it overtime in the first round of the four team playoff, 
with those type of characteristics is kind of crazy if you well, think about well, it. Well, you know, looking back at it now, I mean, you know, get Milrow loose. All you had to do was get near the the field goal, and you, you're going to win on a on a kick, right? I yeah. mean, the way that we had it this year, but I don't know. I guess it's just like that whole thing when you're like kind of watching and you just sit here and hear all that stuff and you're like man give me a break man we we had them we let them off the hook (laughs) but they won but so i with that said man uh michigan michigan was they they, they deserve they they played a a more disciplined game against us they did and i think less talent but just they they just were veteran guys and they played it the right way yeah i mean i think you know again we 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 had a lot of mistakes, but at the same time, I think Coach Saban for a young team got the most out of them. He did. I do think he got the most out of them. Got to get to get them that better, that much better, that quickly. Yeah, is pretty hard to do. Yeah, and, right. and Tommy Reese figured it out for the most part. Had I had some calls that you know if they work, he it it's great. It, it, they didn't, so I mean everybody piles on to him. But uh, man, that's a tough job. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kevin Steele is retiring, the defensive coordinator. Well, he wasn't calling defense anyway. That's what Lane said, right? <laughs> uh, interesting to me. I, I The guy was in coaching 44 years. He was on Saban's first staff at Alabama, then came back again. You, He was with you. Yeah, yeah. And then he came back again. I don't know him like – I don't know him. You know him. But I, I, My feeling is that he's great. Love him. Seems like just the kind of coach that you would want to play for. And, uh, and and I want to hear what you have to say. And he, but he was everywhere, man. He he coached. He was the head coach at Baylor. That didn't go too well. But everywhere else, he's been good. He was interim coach at Auburn when they fired Gus Malzahn. You know, he was in Tennessee for a couple of days. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. he's had like this crazy career. He's a head coach at Baylor for a little bit too. I yeah, believe. Two, yeah, I think ninety nine, ninety eight to two thousand two, but didn't win much. Yeah. Uh, but what was he like? Uh, I mean, I, I, he's just, to me, an old school smash mouth type football. Wanted, wanted the, wanted physicality and toughness to be the identity of the defense. And, uh, I mean, I think he, he strikes a lot of chords with a lot of defensive guys because he's got that mentality. And I think people like playing for, for that kind of coach. Right. Um, I mean, we, I like Coach Steele a lot. We didn't always get along, but he was a uh, he was really good at what he did. Why didn't he get along with you? Because you're going up against his I defense. Know. I don't know, man. He he he'd make some jokes about me being hurt. I'd be like, Coach, you got to come up with some new some new material. And he got <laughs> he got mad about me making fun of his comedy, so he didn't like that too much. <laughs> Uh, let's get him then <laughs> we got a whole platform now. <laughs> that's funny no he I, I think he's a great guy i think he's a great coach i you know i i wish he was i wish he would stay at alabama as long as he could and you know well, you think he, i think he probably will right i mean he, he's not going to be the defensive coordinator but i i got a feeling analyst they'll do something yeah yeah, yeah. well all these coaches, I think. I mean, you've been in it for how long? Do you say forty-four years? Yeah, you're going to do something, right? Uh, I mean, I, I, I think he'd lose his mind if he quit. It's all it's so addicting for these guys. I mean, what what do you do? You, you go sit there and watch football on Saturday and not be able to have a say in what any team does? Well, his son coaches. Maybe he ends up, you know, kind of doing that. I yeah. mean, how cool would that be to 
like coach with your dad, you know, like I didn't know that. Where's he coaching? South Alabama. Really? Yeah. Do you know his son? I guess you not. Might, you probably, he's probably <laughs> I don't know how old he is, but I'm guessing that he was probably young. Well, let me get in. Think about how old he is. Probably might be about your age to look it up. Nah, I know. I know Kane and and uh, Major and Robbie Zell. Robbie Zell was at Alabama when I was there. Uh, famously uh impersonated coach Saban. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I love that. Gordon Steele. Gordon Steele. I think No, I hadn't met him. I don't think. Well, I I'll, I'll look it up while we're talking, but Yeah, so he's going to retire and now uh where does Alabama go? You know, I I my gut feeling is um in-house yeah i mean i would think it would be Tavarius robinson i mean he did a great job and you know a former defensive coordinator and and you know you talked about aaron suttles i heard aaron suttles on on the next round when they those guys were out in um you know in pasadena yeah he came on their show and he was talking about this so when it happened honestly i wasn't that shocked because he kind of hinted that that you know to, in my mind anyway when i heard that interview like okay you know Maybe he knows something here. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like you got to take care of T. Rob. I mean, the guy did a great job, and you know, or do they go get somebody else? I mean, I wonder how this is going to work. You know, I don't know, man. I, especially nowadays, I, I guess a lot of it's about the money now. But at the same time, continuity is a big deal. So I mean, guy that's been recruiting you for a long time, who's now the defensive coordinator, I think that goes a long way. Yeah, <clears throat> but. And Coach Saban, I don't know how many years he's got left, but uh, I think he's got to go with somebody that he really likes, really is really comfortable with, and and has a proven relationship with him. You know? Yeah. Well, the, well, I felt like that was one of the biggest issues Alabama had last year and the year before that. It just felt like the culture that that you guys helped build was starting to slip away. Like we weren't, maybe we weren't the tough team anymore maybe we weren't the more physical team maybe we were you know kind of like we were watching georgia become alabama and all of a sudden now we're becoming like clemson or something you know and then and i felt like this year was a real good step back to what alabama does you yeah know, be physical and play i wouldn't mind seeing uh i think he just went to auburn the uh, coach kelly charles kelly he was at alabama yeah <clears throat> he's one of my favorite coaches i've was ever he? been around but uh, love to see him. Love to see Coach Pruitt. Love Coach Pruitt. Um, well, Coach Pruitt would be the guy if he didn't have a show clause that it basically yeah. holds him out until just before uh, twenty thirty. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> crazy, really. That's unbelievable. Whatever happened to that lawsuit with him in Tennessee? I I don't know. I don't think it went well. Uh, all right, yeah. So Gordon, um, is is the offensive line coach for the Jaguars. And he was born in 1986. So you're good at math. So he is 35, 35, 36, 36. All right. 86. Yeah. He's 30, 35. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit older than, than you. Well, older than us, a little bit older than us. <laughs> yeah, well, good luck to him. Maybe, maybe dad swings down there. Um, how about all the guys 
Well, first off, let's talk about the transfer portal. Quinn Sean Judkins. State. Yeah, right? how about that? Did you see that? The hell? <laughs> I was like, what? That's when you know they're just writing checks over there. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, like, that's how the guy they... from Alabama what goes to Ole Miss, and now he's going to Ohio State. Yeah. Like, hey, that's – I mean, unless that was a dream of his, I don't know. But I, it just – I don't know. I, I would think when you're that good and you can pick wherever you want to go and you're from Alabama, you'd want to go – play for your hometown state finally and just walk off into the NFL sunset. Yeah, right. I don't know. You wonder what, what went on behind the scenes, but he'll he'll be back Ryan there. Ryan Day's with the collective. He's been he's been trying to figure that out ever <laughs> since he found out he was leaving. He's fast. He can run run back and help pick up those Ryan those uh <laughs> those snaps from <laughs> Steph McLaughlin. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We we I really do wish Seth the, the best. Uh, up there hopefully you know it's after ryan day got done chewing out lou holtz he yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> he started jumping on when sean Jenkins. yeah 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 well they, yeah i'm i'm looking for jim harbaugh to be in the nfl in the next week uh some right, guys well over- he's gonna be on the he, he's he's gonna have the pruitt treatment here pretty soon so he might as well <laughs> jump off in the yeah. nfl <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, before you get that show clause, it takes you into the next decade. Oh, yeah, yeah. leave right now. He, he's his agents on the phone with uh, uh, the crafts in New England. And so the funny thing is, in this day and age, you really got to f it up to get put on uh, oh, double, yeah, no the, double secret probation. Like I that. just see the NCAA like looking at each other, like, okay, what's he in trouble for? Yeah. Like, what what is not against the rules anymore? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Well, apparently, like we'll having make a, something up, we'll make something. <laughs> having a guy that like goes and advance scouts, uh, but you know what, man? I don't think that's why they won. They they beat Alabama because Bama no, made too many mistakes. You know, I agree. It just hurts because that there's just so much anti-Alabama sediment with the national media and everything, and it's like I love giving them all. As uh, did you ever see the movie Major League? Oh yeah, and they're all in there, and the guys like, let's give them all big shit burger to eat. Yeah, <laughs> I love it every time Nick Saban gets on that grill <laughs> and flips those patties of shit and hands it to him. <laughs> and it just felt like this could have. And and I know Georgia fans right now are going, we would have won this, and you would have won this, you know. But you didn't. Ha- it was a different team you guys had. Than well, it dep- had. you know, they would have beat them. I Paul's trying oh, to. Oh, they'd have they beat. They'd have beat Michigan. Michigan. Come on, they'd have beat them. No doubt. I, mean, I don't know if they beat us in the in the first round if we had not played before. Were their kryptonite? The Alabama Georgia game was was I mean to me those are the two most talented, capable teams. Yeah, Michigan right. was probably the best team. Michigan and, and well, well, I say that it's hard to say. Michigan, in terms of the best cohesive unit, Michigan. You know, I mean, they won the national championship. They they deserve it, and they're up there, and, and Alabama and Georgia are right there. If Alabama and Mich- Michigan play ten times, I don't know what the Probably percentage five, is. But. right? Five up, five down? I don't know. I think the, the timing, too. If, if we'd have played them, like, right, you know, a week or so after, we probably would have won. They got healthy, and um, that just all worked out for them. They, you know, the part of it, too, is is that they were they were too good to keep on having those failures. In the playoff, eventually it was gonna the ball was gonna bounce their yeah. way, but uh, but it just sucks. Um, 
and we don't have to worry about it. Next year we'll have a, a twelve-team playoff, and you know you'll be able to get. We'll be in no matter what. Now. Yeah, yeah, you think yeah. so, right? I mean, even with a with an incredibly difficult schedule, uh, but Bama guys going to the NFL. Uh, I was a little worried. I, I thought there's no way that uh, Jace McClellan is going to transfer to Ole Miss, although they thought that there was a chance. Well, he declared for the NFL draft. So you got him, Dallas Turner, J.C. Latham, Kool-Aid McKinstry uh, that have all declared, Terrion Arnold. Yeah. But that's typical at Alabama. Your best players always do that if they can. Yeah. I mean – I hate to see Terry on go. I hate to see all those guys go, but you know, it's it's part of it. And uh Jace McClellan, I'd like to see him stick around for another year. Uh but again, there's every year at Alabama you're gonna have new running backs pop up that are all world. You know, that's one position you really don't have to worry about in terms of having talent. Yeah, right. Well then you do. I mean you got you got Justice Haynes, you got um Jam Miller. You know, there's other guys in there that can run the ball. They got some, you know, some freshmen that they that are that are like most of the class is early enrolled now. The guys that just, you know, the early class, they're already at Alabama, you know, um, which is crazy to think that, you know, like you just kind of forget about your last couple, you know, the last couple semesters or uh, of high school and you just busted into college. But it's smart. You oh, know, yeah. those guys will be ready. So the, I'm not worried about running the ball. I'm just glad he didn't go to Ole Miss. Um, I was surprised that Roydell Williams transferred. Of all the transfers, he was kind of the one to me that I was like, ah. you know, I know a lot of people felt like that might be Earl Little Jr. But, yeah. you know, that transfer portal, I mean, it's – it's but a lot of guys jump in it, you know. Well, it's free agency and you go to the highest bidder. You know, that's all yeah. it is. And – Kids, I, I don't think, understand the long-term effects of, of jumping in there, especially when they jump in there when they've had a pretty good year and they've got a lot of upside staying where they are. Uh, but, you know, again, that's the new the new era we live in. And you're talking about kids that some of them, uh, most of them, I mean, really all of them have never seen that kind of money before, don't really know what, what to do with it, I would I would think. Uh, and when you've got that opportunity just thrown right there in your face, some school offering you 200000 more than you're making where you currently are, man, that's hard to say no to, especially when you can tear tear your knee up and next year yeah. break your leg. Yeah, right. No, I'm with you. I, I have the I, Marcus Lattimore yeah. no, I mean, injury. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking Tyrone Prothrow. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. that, that one still, to me, is one that I – can I hate you it for him, what man. He'd have done in, in Iowa and Alabama. Yeah, I mean that the the, the you know kind of he was one of the most intriguing growing up, one of the most intriguing players that I can ever remember. You know, uh, just changed the whole dynamic of a game just with his appearance on the field. the The entire structure of college athletics always puzzled me, and I'm going to tell you why. Here's Tyrone Prothrow playing football where where you you pay a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred bucks just to have the right to buy the season tickets, right? They cost you fifteen hundred bucks or whatever yeah. it is, right? So three thousand. And then 
concessions and then advertising. And, and I mean, you're talking about, I, I want to say maybe it was football, a billion dollar business. I mean, maybe, yeah. you don't, you know, you're, you're, you're not, when you cover your expenses, uh, you know, maybe gross is different than net, obviously, but you're talking about a billion dollars, right? And he's getting a free scholarship to, to, to play that, right? And eventually he could go to the NFL. Um, and then I look at like, <laughs> like women's basketball and, you know, like they, they post their news, their press conferences online and like, like five, I don't know if 25 people watch, right. It's, yeah. I mean, and I know I used to do the games. I'm not, it's just, <laughs> just I, we fly all over the country in these like, you know, charter flights and eat at great restaurants. And I mean, but it just didn't make any sense because there was no interest in it at all. I mean, they don't even care who coaches. I mean, like they just, they just don't want to have any issues. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like something that goes out there and they, and they do it. My point is this, yeah. is that it's the same thing with, and I love baseball, but that, no one goes to those games. Like it's a loser when it, when it comes to the, the, the financial aspect of it. Right. But we want to have a team. Yeah. Um, not all of the small, the, the Olympic sports are like that softball. I think like people love going no, to the games and watching them. Football makes a lot of money. But, but you understand what I'm saying? Makes a, makes a little, and then baseball. Basketball might break, break even, right? Maybe, maybe. I think ba- basketball does, is in the black just a little bit. Okay, right. But the rest of them aren't. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe softball. I don't know. But, but my point isn't that I'm not taking a shot at Olympic sports. I, I, I love all the sports. Yeah. But, but my point is like, just as a guy that studied economics at Alabama, um, it economically it made no sense it's yeah. not that i do, i'm saying hey you know like i want to cancel i don't want to cancel anything but what i'm saying is here's a guy that literally was worth millions you know what i'm saying if you're paying a player oh, yeah. of, on that particular team to go out there and 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 you're you're making his value is millions yeah he was the best player on those teams. Yeah. He was the guy that you remember. They oh, yeah. won, it wasn't like when Saban was there. It was like Freddie. It, it, it was like uh, Tyrone Prothrow. And then, you know, I don't know, like five or six other guys. Kroll. Yeah, right. I mean, but you, Ty, Prothrow, Brody Kroll, and, they and had then the te- defense. And then the defense. But, it was like Roman Harper and Charlie Pepper and uh, D'Amico. Freddie Roach, D'Amico Rines. Yeah. And and that was like when that, that one year, what was that? 2005 or six or whatever when they got to the cotton bowl but there were years where alabama might have a couple guys drafted it wasn't like a couple guys in the first uh, round and this is the guy he was the only offensive guy outside of birdie kroll i think and then there was some of the brit brothers hit yeah and and, and this isn't this isn't a shot at the, the there's other guys that were good too but you're talking about he was the premier player yeah and before nil Basically, hey man, sorry your leg got broke. Um, good luck to you. Yeah, and that bothers me because just as a, I mean, just as the economic aspect of it, you know, while a team that's flying around the country and in chartering and eating at great restaurants and you know, and no one cares, no one's watching. No, you if you quit playing women's basketball at Alabama, I don't you know you'd get many complaints, but if you took 
if you took Tyrone Prothrow off of that football team, if he just said, hey, I'm not playing anymore, people would have oh, yeah. had a, It would have been on ESPN. Yes. It would have been on That's my point, every man. local radio yeah. and the news. Guy, what, what, he, should, he, should have, he should have been compensated, or maybe he should still be compensated for an injury that is – Something that is going to affect him for the rest of his life, man. Like he could have been, he would have been a millionaire. Can you imagine? Yeah, how much money he lost out on. Am I? You got what I'm saying? I mean, am I making? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No hate mail. I might get some hate mail, but (laughs) I'm saying, you know, like I all it always bothered me. His brother Q used to come on my uh, my pregame show. Great guy. You know, I've met I've met Tyrone once or twice. I love him. He's one of my all time favorite Bama players. I remember being in going to all those games. That's back when I went to every game. Yeah. And I just like the economics of of the way that this thing's set up right now. And it's changed because now all of a sudden you got to pay the people that are out there making the money. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what I'm saying. Like, my 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 thought is is well. First of all, if you're going to invest and put forth a commitment to a team, then all your players should be taken care of. You know, what I mean, you got to figure out a way to to look out for the health of each player. Now, at the same time, Tyrone Prothrow is a completely different animal. Yeah, you right. know what I mean, again, that that guy for what he did there's got to be some loyalty there you know i mean and and so when i go to to tuscaloosa i mean coach saban has that in mind guys can come back and do whatever they want in tuscaloosa in terms of rehab uh you know physical fitness right. whatever it is you, you get to go there and eat and stuff and they roll the freaking carpet out for you and you can do i mean if i need something i can call whoever and and get whatever mm-hmm. done i mean now i don't it's not like i'm calling every day or asking for but you can it's not me but but i i will do it every now and then and there is i mean and that's the culture he's built yeah and i don't know if if not for a a figure with that kind of you know i'm on moral compass or or just strength and power and, and integrity i don't know if you have that kind of culture at alabama yeah i mean you, all, you don't no you don't you don't you, no, don't you don't and i've seen that part of it too yeah or when you're ro- rotating coaches like, out every like three was, four years and, and look, look i mean uh, shula i don't i've never met shula and and I, I know him and his dad i know i've heard a lot of great things a lot of great yeah, guys right per- really nice guy but you can't manage that situation if you're in and out in four or five years too you know I mean, you got to have some continuity there at, at the ad position at the coaching position in order to build that that kind of uh culture and reputation yeah you know mm-hmm. and I mean, again, you hire and fire college coaches and you're here and there and there's a new guy in every every two, three years. How are you going to build that kind of foundation? No, you're not. You can't. Mm-mm. Um, but ever since I've, like I've said, when you go back there as a former player, especially if you did things the right way, yeah. it doesn't matter if who you are. Uh, if you left the right impression and, and people appreciate you around there based on the effort and commitment that you gave to the guys giving you the opportunity, then, man, you are just uh, – they'll do whatever they can for you. Yeah, that's great. And that's what makes it special. 
right? And but oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying though, like oh no, I agree. The, you 100%. know, it's like just like you guys. But and, and you know the funny thing is like I'm telling you this, not even thinking about you being a championship oh, yeah. quarterback. Well, I'm just thinking is like you're just my friend. We're just talking, like because it's always been something that's bothered me to think that like it'd be like me wanting to be a play-by-play broadcaster. I did that at Alabama. That's what I went to school and did right like mm-hmm. called games on the college radio station you know yeah and and then all of a sudden someone like somehow i get kicked in the throat and i can't talk anymore and now my dream is taken away from me but at the same time instead of me being a terrible college radio broadcaster it'd be like them putting me on their you know i'm i'm so popular that they're they're selling advertising of my work and my likeness for millions of dollars, I don't get any of that. And then when I get kicked in the throat, I don't get any. All of a sudden, I'm just like brushed aside. And it's not that Alabama did that. This isn't an indictment of Alabama. This is an indictment of the system, the way that it was set up before, where the guys that are out there doing the work aren't being compensated for it. And something happens terrible to like. A, and this was an extreme oh, yeah. version of it. Awful. And it's just like. Like I, I know he's coaching in Walker County, you know, and it's well, like and this guy's one of the best. He's one of the best players we've ever had, and he should have been in the NFL. It's and just, that's my push. That was my the whole, you know, p- people were have always. There's always been that that group of people who have said uh, players in college shouldn't get paid. They shouldn't, you know, they're getting a scholarship. That's that's enough. And and look, don't get me wrong. If you don't, if you're not performing on the field and you're not bringing in, as as you just mentioned, if you're not bringing in the revenue, then I mean, I you know I get it. The scholarship is that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Uh, and but when you're busting your ass and you're and you're actually a focal point of a team and an organization, and you don't get to dip into any kind of any kind of revenues whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, like Johnny Manziel, that guy is the face of A&M and probably always will be. Yeah. So for him to not be able to make money on his name, image, and likeness, even though he's he's created that program right. pretty much. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't even – when A&M joined the SEC, who in the hell thought that they would ever be meaningful in in this conference? Right, right. No one. And then he comes in, wins the Heisman, is like – I mean, the – basically the face of the entire NCAA football and he's not able to, to, you know, take part and get some kind of money for what he's done on the field. Right. It just makes no sense. Well, and the part of that too is like going back to why I was kind of picking on. And if you do get hurt, if say he gets hurt his senior year and he's given everything he's got for A&M, not made a dime, done it the right way, which he didn't, but you know, it is what it is. He'd have had no money to show for it, nothing but a, a, de- a degree, and a degree goes a long way. I mean, you know, we can we can have that argument too, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not going to be he's not going to be compensated for what he was worth to A and M. Yeah, well, no, kind I, of a long winded, you know, response to your prompt, but I mean, but you understand what I'm saying is oh. like if you got money to fly, if if you're if it's about like. You you've got one sport that is making all the money, 
And then, and then to have these other sports that that there's never they're never gonna make a dollar. Oh like, yeah, like you you like I'm watching the the you know the games and then there's literally like 500 people there. Oh yeah, you know, and they don't win anything, and it's like, but they're 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 treated like they're like the football team. Like it just makes no sense to me. I mean, yeah, it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and then here's a guy that is worth millions of dollars and the money that should be going to him is going to fly them on a damn charter plane, <laughs> eat at a nice restaurant, put their games on the air that nobody wants to hear. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, it doesn't apply to every, like, like, like Pat Murphy has done such an amazing job with softball. If, if that it's like, well, you know what? These guys are, they're winning. You know, or ladies, they're winning. They're they they make you proud every time you see them out there because they're constantly competing for titles. They, yeah. they you know, like pe- the the games are. The, there's a great environment. They sell out the games. Like it's hard to get in there. That's what it should be like, right? Yeah. Then it, then there's a lot less criticism because you're like, well, you know what? Well, I mean, it's, it's like you know, <laughs> if, I've, if if I've got a job, they're paying me a hundred grand a year. Yet they're losing, yes. losing a hundred and twenty, or a million dollars and you don't win anything and they fire me and i sit there and i complain like well what the hell you know (laughs) what leg do you have to stand on because at least if you're like producing like championships or you know or getting to the if you're not paying for yourself then you really have no leg to stand right right and so that that to me has always been kind of that thing about like thinking about you know going just the way that the whole thing's structured, right? Um, which I, I constantly kind of mention it, but I've never really gotten into this part of it. But it's dry January right now. <laughs> so I'm oh get off my yard, old man. <laughs> no, I, it's not that. It's it's I see these guys going to the NFL and I and I really want them to do well. But I, I feel like they have to figure out how to incorporate some kind of rules and regulations to making it fair for the guys like that are out there playing to, to be able to um, benefit from the value that they bring. Right. And that's the thing that Saban's talked about from the beginning. Saban's right about just about everything that a guy ever says, you know, I mean, which makes him not just a great coach for Alabama, but a great advocate of the sport. Right. And it's like, okay, we got to figure out like where that kind of medium is because jumping from school to school to school to get paid isn't what I'm thinking of. It's more like, hey, you know, you're out there doing your thing and all these people are coming to see you do that thing. Um, the money needs to be spent on the people that are actually producing it and not a team that never wins, no one cares about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's just how I feel, man. I'm with you. I'm tiptoeing yeah. around it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, either, either be successful. Or <laughs> so I don't know. Like, it's it, it really was kind of a weird, weird structure like that. Now it's like the opposite, like this whole thing. Like they've got I don't know how they're going to how they're going to rein all of this stuff in, though. Like, how, how do you how do you get it to now? Now it's not like the the stars of the team that have earned it it's like hey man i'm sitting on the bench because i'm not good enough to play here but i can go somewhere else and they're going to pay me so i'm leaving you know <laughs> or you could which be is the- which is happening a lot yeah right or you know like uh 
I, I, I scored 30 touchdowns in my first two seasons and I'm rolling out of here because I can go somewhere else and get, you know, probably oh, a pretty yeah. big Which check. Which has you know? got to be what, I mean, Quinchon Junkins, I don't know what he was making at Ole Miss, but you got to think that's probably the case here. Yeah, right. He saw, I think he, he saw. He could play as long as he <laughs> wanted to, as much as he wanted to at Ole Miss. He heard about those the, those figures of the people that were coming in on that portal and he was like, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ole Miss ain't cutting it. No, like in baseball, it's the same way, but you have contracts and you're you're kind of like, you know, there, there was – the Cubs made this deal, they, and the Braves are good at this too, where they'll say like, all right, like say, you know, we're coming up and we're doing this podcast, right? Yeah. And somebody out there is like, hey, I'm going to pay these guys right now and give them a long-term deal because I think that they're, they're going to be good in the future, right? Yeah. We had, the Cubs had this guy, Anthony Rizzo, so they paid him like, you know, he hadn't really produced at all at the big leagues, but they were like, okay, we're going to pay him. Well, then all of a sudden, like a couple years later, he's like gold glover and, you know, oh, yeah. he's already best. locked into a contract. Yeah, and they paid Jason Hayward this high contract. He's terrible. <laughs> Hayward's like making like 10 times more money. And and Rizzo's ten times better player. Yeah, well, Hayward, what he was, he was almost won the triple crown one year, right? Uh, I don't know about that. When he was with the For Cubs, the Braves, maybe, maybe. When he was with the Cubs, he was a lot of ground balls to second. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we remember him as. Um, but whatever. I mean, it, but it, it, I could just remember like people making jokes about it all the time. Like, wait, think about when you're hitting your thirty and you're winning a, you know, you're like one of the best defensive players, and then. You know, you got a guy that's batting like two ten, grounding out the second, making like you know way uh, yeah. more money. But it was all about the time that he hit the market. You know, like well, it's whoever. I mean, does a player have more confidence in, in himself, or does the organization have more confidence in the right. player than he does? You well, know he took I mean? the deal though. I mean, Rizzo took the deal. Oh, I mean, yeah, it was it was a safe play, yeah. and he didn't know if he was going to be that right, good. Or right, seventy six <laughs> million dollars a day. You know, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. I wow. It's It'd be it. hard to turn that down. I mean, that's good money no matter, no I'd matter what. You know? I believe in myself, but I would take that all yeah, I mean, day. Yeah, and you could break your – you could have a pro throw and be done. I know. That's what I'm – all. I mean, I think that's what all of us are afraid of. You know? Are baseball contracts guaranteed? They're guaranteed. All of it? All of it. Think about that. Oh, yeah, I'd be taking that all day long. Yeah, So that's, but the Braves have been really smart on doing those same type of contracts. Yeah. But, but even with that said, you know – it it makes it, it it at least makes it where it's not like this, you know, where you're kind of like, uh, you know, you're seeing like uh, guys just decide that they're going to go and you know they you could play for four teams in four years, you know, if you oh, wanted yeah. to, you know, and maybe cash in on that. I don't know, but eventually, maybe if you're that good, you'd go to the NFL. Um, so so with, of the guys that are leaving, um, who do you think has the biggest impact? Uh, on the team after they leave, Terry and Arnold. Really? Yeah, him and Dallas Turner. Uh, I mean, Arnold was a, a big-time leader on that defense, I think a pretty vocal leader, the guy that held that locker room together. Yeah, uh, really smart dude. Dallas Turner. Hey, I loved him on the they, – they had him on their stuff. Oh, yeah. Next oh, yeah. Guy's you great can tell dude. that guy was – you know, he was articulate. He was yeah. a great player. Funny. Coach Saban loved him. Yeah, you got yeah. guys like that, like a Minka Fitzpatrick, yeah, around that are just good for. And not only, I mean, not only just unbelievable players, but mm-hmm. 
guys that keep the the mentality of the team on the straight and narrow. Yeah. I mean, those are few and far between. No, you're right. You know, that can relate to everybody. And there's really not anybody on the team that dislikes them. At least that's what I've, what I've heard. Uh, you can't. Those guys are hard to find. He's funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hate him going to. Uh, I'm with you, Dallas Turner, transfer portal. Uh, and I, <clears throat> I don't know. Of those guys that left, I, I would have figured Jake Pope and uh, Earl Little Jr. would have wanted to stick around and get a spot starting in the secondary, but maybe they felt like they weren't going to do that. And Alabama went out and they got seven guys coming in from, you know, basically in this recruiting class that play in the secondary, corners and safeties and yeah. defensive backs, if you will, some a lot of talent. Uh, you know, so it might, maybe they felt like there was pressure there or something. I don't know. But um, interestingly, a lot of – I think three different guys are transferring to Florida State. Um, I want to say Malik Benson, who was a receiver that was like the number one JUCO guy last year. But we're probably trading players. We're probably going to get a couple from Florida State. Yeah, right, right. Like, so, But they lost a ton of guys too. They lost a bunch before the bowl yeah, game. Yeah, right. I mean, so I that's just crazy. I, I don't know. Like, it's such a different world right now. Um, and, and you look at the list and you don't feel like – I mean, you lose a lot of depth, but it doesn't feel like our – you know, our version of Quinshawn Junkins is transferring, you know. Can you imagine, like, Florida, like uh, Ole Miss, they – that one had to hurt. Their most notable player. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like – I mean, if Dallas Turner decided to go somewhere else this year, yeah, you know, instead of going to the draft, he, he went and just tran- up and transferred to Notre Dame or something, you know? Yeah, take one more. They look delicious. But, you know, you you rarely see that. Like, like I mean, you know, I guess Alabama, you're already on the biggest stage pretty much in college football. So right. there's really no other reason to go anywhere else. No. I don't know if we've got the NIL backing that some of these, like the A&Ms and the Texases and Ohio States have, but in terms of exposure and, and just quality of play, quality of practice, quality of, of care from strength and conditioning and uh, training staff, I, I don't think you – I mean, I don't know how it could be any better anywhere else. I wonder, and kind of getting back to one of the points I was making, you know, I, I wonder if there comes a, a point where you, you know, you say as colleges, you know, now that – you pretty much have to figure out a way to compensate the the players. But when you have a hundred thousand seats and you sell out every single game, like Alabama, I mean, it's not like there's not resources there to do that. Right. Um, but do they start looking at some of the other sports and going, man, you know, we're spending, you know, this much money on this, no one cares about it. And it's like, you know, uh, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we, I want to talk about basketball. We'll talk about basketball. Um, you know, you played, you love it, but it, it's like for Alabama and, you know, it's like football here and then men's basketball interest is here. You know, I mean, I know yeah. that from working on uh, Bama Insider for years. Like I would start well, talking basketball and people on the message board would be like, what are you doing? And I'm well, like, well, it's the tournaments next week. You know, I, I think you have to, uh, and I, I, I'm not sure of all the rules of title nine and all that, but I think you have to have the same amount of female scholarships as male scholarships. 
So I think you'd have to start well, yeah. cutting cutting male sports as well as female but, sports I mean, in order to make that work. Is that something though? Like, and maybe that works. I don't know. I or, mean, or maybe you go back and you say, hey, you know what? Like when when they made that deal, it was amateur athletics. It's really not that. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, You're and right it's like it's like a different. It's hey, a total different. It's a shit show. It Nobody is. even knows. Yeah. Nobody even knows. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the lawyers have to do like three to four years of studying all this stuff just to figure out what you know what's real and what's not. Well, and then the a, judge, a judge in California will overturn it, and then right. yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll go to the Supreme Court, which is what changed all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's it's not it, the answer is. I don't even know what the answer is. Like I've heard people say, Jim Harbaugh is like saying we need to do revenue sharing, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just know that, like, they just as an economics guy, you know, when I was like, you know, in working over there, and I'm like flying around on these charters and stuff, I'm like. I don't know how this is happening, but <laughs> see, I, I, I love that, that, uh, you know, the school, all they should be responsible for to me is, is paying the, is paying the scholarship. Let the kid get an agent, let him do whatever he wants to do business wise. Mm-hmm. You've provided enough in a scholarship and then your, your stipends and, and reimbursements, uh, just let them, let them do whatever they want off the field monetarily. And, and, that way you can avoid all the red tape and you don't, there's set rules for what you provide and the kids and their family can, can figure out what they're going to do on the back end financially and, and business wise. And, and that way, you know, the school is not, not all that involved. Now, again, the school is going to going to want to be involved just for recruiting purposes and figuring out how much they can pay certain guys. Uh, but all these collectives, which I know that there's been some issues with these collectives in in terms of breaking rules and and this and that, and some some of them have been dismantled. So I really don't know how that works. But the school should be totally separate from this nil stuff. You're right. But then you know, how do you regulate the amount of money that's spent for players to play on a team? You know, like in in in, in NFL the you know there's a certain amount of money that you're allowed to spend you know baseball doesn't really have a salary cap but they do have a tax that they uh, impose if you go over a certain amount of money but you there's only going to be so much spent because um baseball is different than football though when it comes to you know i'm saying this and well, i like, you get a contract in the nfl for 120 million and really only get paid 40. yeah right which is crazy th- to I think mean, of too like you know the 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 uh, fact that they're not guaranteed. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is, man. That's it's it's such a complex issue. You know, it was and it they've was, had like six months to throw it together. Yeah, right, right. And I I never hear any of the answers when I and I go, oh yeah, that's a good one. Like I just like my, yeah. And the NCAA was a bunch of freaking you know Morons. nightmares anyway. They don't. Yeah. I mean, they just. Well, how did it make sense? Like, even take like the NCAA. If you made money for the NCAA, you were untouchable. They weren't going to touch you until years, like Reggie Bush. Yeah, right. I mean, whatever they had on him, they could have gotten him while he was in school. But right. he was he was the face of college football, and they didn't want to touch that horse. Yeah. Until he was done. Yep. Yep. They knew it. I mean, it's give him back his Heisman. I say. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know. 
Johnny Manziel, he could have done whatever he wanted. He did do whatever he wanted, and they weren't going to touch him. I didn't see his 30 for 30. Again, they shouldn't touch him. I mean, again, he's – he needs to make make his own money. He's yeah. he's done that for himself. But uh, don't get me started on NCAA. Yeah, gotta turn the got a little basketball going on in the background. SEC play started, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk some hoops. I mean, I, I know you you were a, a big basketball guy. Tell me your name. Your the name of your grandfather again? That was a great hoopster. Jules Meunier. Jules Meunier. Man, I love that name. It is a great name. God, that is like – I was laughing about it the other day. I was like, <laughs> Jules yeah. Meunier. I mean, that's like uh, – that sounds like a character on that uh, that that Will Ferrell basketball movie, <laughs> Tropic Thunder. <laughs> uh, Bama uh, – did you watch the Bama Vandy uh, or listen to no, it or I follow it? I did. My, I, I was uh, – I was I was actually deer hunting, but my my father in law told me it was not so close, and then we found a way to make it close at the end. Yeah, this is like old like Bama from six years ago. Yeah, this is that's exactly they had an eighteen. They couldn't point, hit free throws. No, nah. uh, what you know? Uh, ever since I've watched Alabama basketball, since I was old enough to understand the rules of the game, Alabama has always missed uh, probably. 52% from the free throw line, if I had to guess. I don't know if that's true or not, but no. it damn sure seems like feels it. feels like that. In the second half, we we may be the worst free throw shooting team of all time. Yeah. How was uh, Jules Meunier at the free throw line? I don't know. The, the Celtics liked him, so I guess he was pretty good. <laughs> did he, was he an underhand guy, or did, was that, you know? I don't think so. Well, let's t- <laughs> tell, tell you this story. I, I was broadcasting a men's game one time. And um, I'm like reading through like the free throw percentage, right? And I, you know, I've talked about my friend Bricken, who yeah. lives here in Fairhope, right? Well, his his grandfather played for Alabama. Um, I want to say his name was Dick McKenzie, and he had like uh like a just incredible free throw percentage, like one of the top ten. Yeah, and I think he underhanded it. I think it's back in the underhand days. Whatever it takes, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if him and Jules ever got into it before. <laughs> is he from around here? He's from Montgomery. They probably know each other. How old is he? Uh, I don't even know. I mean, I I don't know that he's alive anymore. Uh, so, yeah, they probably know each other. Yeah, they probably like the Dick McKenzie and uh, Jules Meunier. I mean, that would have been <laughs> some good – that been some good radio right there. <laughs> Bama had an 18-point lead. And then, I mean, Dick McKenzie, Jules Meunier, and Will Ferrell. (laughs) (laughs) The hell of a Tropic Thunder (laughs) squad right there. The old ABA, Uh, the Alabama boys. And Uh, Woody Harrelson. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They, they, uh, they had an 18 point lead. They, they look like it was slipped away and then they, they held on. I don't know. I, this team to me, it just I don't know that they're that good. I, I, I think they're okay. You know, like yeah. they've played a tough schedule. I've nothing but love and respect for NATO. It's I love the fact that he's not afraid to play anybody, he does yeah. it the right way. But I just don't feel like they have the star power unless somebody kind of develop maybe is Sears that guy, you know, but 
You're we right missed, about Quinterly yeah, losing Quinterly. Like if that we missed the been, engine. We yeah, missed the engine. Right. Even, yeah. I mean, we need some guy that's just. We need a, a mauler. We need some guy that just doesn't give a damn about nothing but the tide. Yeah. <laughs> just and just you know, we'll do whatever it takes to win. And and I think I mean these guys that I know they they want nothing but but wins for Alabama. But you know when you watch somebody. And you get that feel like even just watching the game, you feel the intensity. Yeah. He was one of the few guys that you see that, that brings that out in everybody. He may turn the ball over, but he was one hell of a player and just a guy that you love seeing play for Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Emotion, intensity, everything, passion for the game. Well, I now just, it, hate to see guys like that leave. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I, I just hate to see guys leave that could help us win. Yeah, well, you yeah, know, I mean, that too. It's, and, you know, I mean, when, when you're in your like 18th year of college basketball, you figure that you've got some experience. <laughs> that guy seemed like he was there a long time. <laughs> the, the whole COVID thing is so confusing because it's even with all the guys that are like going to the NFL or transferring out, it's like, I don't know, like, so, how in the hell is Chase, could, could Jace McClellan go to Ole Miss? He's got another year of eligibility. He was a senior this year. Well, how many senior years do you get? Well, I get the COVID year. You know, it was like crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he's going to actually be – He'll. I think he'll be a good NFL player, get on the right team. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he, he's a versatile guy. Yeah. Well, what, what I think is lucky for him is he's not going to be a first-round pick. You know, I mean, he'll be probably somewhere back in the draft With a little bit. a good bit, core team around But he'll him. get a good team. Yeah, somebody good will take him. And in the NFL, that's such a big part of it, man. Just to have somebody like they can say what they want to say about Bryce Young. Bryce Young it has an offensive line that allows him to get sacked more than Alabama's offensive line allowed Milrow to get sacked. Well, you know, I, I always always wondered how he would do up there, and I, and I again, I, I I think Bryce Young's the best quarterback to play at Alabama ever. But all the movement he did in the pocket, I always wondered if that would work at the next level and again he doesn't have the time to really do much of anything this year but if he was on a good team you know and, and have to maneuver the pocket avoid one or two guys instead of the entire defensive front how that would work definitely a learning period learning curve for him but uh i'm still interested to see what he would do with a team around him that could keep him protected and move in the pocket that way and be that creative much like he was in college. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, man. Well, here, here we are an hour and 18 minutes in, um, another, another really fun pod. Um, you know, obviously this isn't what we want it. We want it to be coming back from, uh, Houston. Yeah. You know, Doing the first show God, that would have been so much yesterday fun. in Houston. Yeah. And then I wouldn't, I it wouldn't be dry January, you know, yeah, you'd have to make an exception for that. Oh, I would have never. You, you, you know, the, the season had to be over. Well, yeah, I mean, had you told me that you were going to continue dry January after a national championship win, oh, no, I, just, I no. wouldn't have even come with I, no, no. You, I'd have just gone by myself. You know I wouldn't have done that. I'm yeah. Not that kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was fun, though. You know, like, I, I love to get, you know, just kind of dicing it up, chopping it up, talking about, like, all these issues and stuff and, Keep, we'll keep an eye on basketball. I mean, maybe this team can kind of 
you know, find a little bit of of success. They've got some big games coming up. Hey, maybe they're like the Heat back when the big three came for the first time, you yeah. know, learning how to play with each other. Yeah, that could be it too. As long as it – like the thing that they do really well is score points. Yeah. You know, so if they can get a little bit better on defense, then uh, – well, it's just like one game will shoot 50% from three, and then one game will shoot 18% from three. Right. Yeah, got to be more and consistent. And I guess that's going to happen when you shoot that much or you play that uh, high-tempo offense. But, yeah. I mean, life sees more. I, I'd rather us be at 34% every game. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> All right. Well, look, guys, uh, don't forget that we're brought to you by MyBookie, mybookie.ag. Fifty uh, percent price match with the promo code next round up to a thousand dollars. And if you need some help, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you a little a, a little pro tip here. Check out Lance's Lock and Lance'sLock.com. He had a really good bowl season. And um, what was his final percentage on the year? I, I don't know. I, I I don't have that in front of me it's right up now. There, though. It's it, up yeah, there. he he's he's Not bad. making up winners. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually just riffing. <laughs> Lance's Lock, Lance'sLock.com. For Jay Coker, I'm Mick Gillespie. Guys, get in the comment section. I, I, we want to know what you guys think. You know, chime in on the on some of the topics that we get into on the show.